Good afternoon, ladies and gents. Uh, it is, what day is it here? It is Thursday, July 28th, 2022. This is Blues Views with some intraday comments. I'm actually in the car right now. Uh, my my four-year-old <coughs> is, uh, is at summer camp and, and I have to pick him up. Uh, it's just a, a morning thing. So I figured I would take advantage of this time in the car and talk to you about what's going on out there. So it's been it's been quite a week. It's been quite a, a few weeks. Um, we've had this big rally off the uh, the forty excuse me the uh, thirty six fifty level on the S and P uh, off of about just a hair above eleven thousand on the Nasdaq. Uh, we started off this week on a decidedly negative note, and we have roared higher in the wake of the Fed. So I'm sure it's pretty much clear to everyone already what got stocks excited yesterday. It was Jerome Powell basically saying at this point we are going to be data dependent. We are not going to give uh, you know very granular guidance about how much we might hike and et cetera, et cetera. The second those words about data dependency came out of his mouth, stocks were off to the races. So we have set uh, some fresh highs here on this uh, on this rally. I think we've uh, 4055 on the S&P futures. It was interesting today because we we you know we ripped. Uh, I wouldn't say we ripped overnight, but we ripped in the few, in the few hours leading up to the cash open, and then we ripped out the open, and then stocks actually dumped pretty hard. We were down more than a percent off the highs. So there, I mean, there are still sellers out there. There's no question, and there's been a pattern for the most part this year of stocks gaining on Fed Day and then giving those gains back uh, the following day. Um, the only time that wasn't the case was March, where we uh, we rallied into it, and then we uh, actually I think we sold off a little bit into it, and then we rallied uh, afterwards. Anyway, so um, the general pattern this year of up on Fed Day, down the next day is not holding today. And, you know, I know there's a lot of bears. I mean, listen, I'm still a a bear with a six to nine month outlook. No question about it. I'm still bearish. We uh, luckily we pivoted to bullish on Tuesday. Uh, we got long the S and P right around the lows of the day there, and spared ourselves quite a quite a few headaches uh, over the balance of the week. So that has worked out well. Um, you know, fundamentally, I mean, what what Powell did yesterday by going. I mean, going to the data dependence thing is, is, is a cowardly thing on his part. It is showing us, the market, that he does not have the spine for this fight. And this is something that was suspected by many all along. Now, on the one hand, we need to recognize that. I mean, he is not Paul Volcker for the hundredth time, right? I mean, he he basically, it's almost like he couldn't wait to walk away from, hey, we're going to keep, we're just going to keep hiking rates and hiking rates until inflation comes out. He, he walked that back a bit yesterday. Market liked it, not surprisingly. Um, the, uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I, I think I just accidentally cut somebody off. <laughs> um, we don't want to get overly excited about this though, because there's a flip side to him doing this, you know, quasi pivot. It's clear that he doesn't have the stomach to fight inflation the way it needs to be fought to really get it under control. And now all of a sudden we're looking at 
a 2023-2024 picture where inflation, you know, if this is what our Fed is going to do, they're going to continue to err on the side of trying to thread the needle, trying to keep Wall Street happy, try, whatever it is that they're trying to do exactly, we're probably going to have higher for longer inflation. And you've seen inflation assets suddenly go bid. Commodities have gone strong bid. You've seen, uh, you know, tips are, are uh, inflation-protected bonds are outperforming regular bonds. You know, th those inflation assets took a pounding over the last couple of months, and now they're roaring back. So uh, value versus growth is another one to keep an eye on. We actually, in our retirement accounts, we rotated out of the growth ETFs we had. We went back into value. You know, all else being equal, you know, value uh, does better than growth in an inflationary environment. So just as inflation is kind of being tossed out the window as, oh, this is an old story, and everyone's now fixated on how bad the recession going to be, I think inflation is now actually just starting to peek its head back out. Uh, and it's going to become part of the story again in the fall. You know, we were kind of positioning ourselves for a very deflationary environment over the next few quarters. I'm now looking at something closer to stagflation. You know, yes, the Fed funds rate is close to neutral. I mean, we can sit there and debate what neutral really is. It just seems like Powell got the rate to roughly neutral and he couldn't wait to walk back. You know, he couldn't wait to reassure markets that he wasn't going to overdo it. And again, stocks love that in the near term. You know, people were looking for a little bit of a pivot. A lot of the bad a lot of bad news has been priced in. People understand that we're in a recession. Right now the consensus is that the, is that the recession should be relatively shallow. Uh, that inflation is now going to come under control relatively quickly. That's the narrative. That's the dominant narrative right now. That's why stocks are rallying. I don't think that narrative is even remotely correct. Uh, I'm not a Nouriel Rabini calling for, you know, a huge, you know, a protracted, terrible recession or even depression. Nothing like that. Uh, but I do think that this recession could go deeper and last a lot longer than people expect. I, I do think... We are now setting ourselves up, and Powell has set us up for a little bit of 70s redux, where we have these fits and starts where inflation comes down and it pops back up. You know, it could be a very, very frustrating decade. Um, and, I, and I do think that if that's the case, if we're looking at three to five years of above average inflation, um, you know, and, and a Fed kind of muddling along, and, you know, margin, I mean, I think margins for the S&P have peaked for the foreseeable future, probably not looking at the best equity returns here <laughs> over the next three to five years. I mean, we may rally. I mean, who knows? We might see 5,500, 6,000 on the S&P. I also think we could easily see 2,500 or 3,000. I mean, this could be uh, very, very choppy and all over the place. This is, you know, going back to 2008, and we've talked last on the last podcast about the so-called 2008 analog, how we had a a 10-11% relief rally late in the summer where people were kind of like, we get it, we get it. The banks are in trouble, housing's a mess, a lot of bad news priced in. You know, a lot of people just couldn't wait to call the bottom and dive back in. And of course, that ended up being a terrible decision. But, it, I mean, it's fine for a trade, but for this one, in my view, this was not an investable bottom, that 3650. And I, you know, and I know that that may sound crazy to some. I mean, you, you just... They're all coming out of the woodwork over the last couple of weeks. The bottom is in. The bottom is in. Financial media is cheerleading along with that. 
Marco Kalanovic has been wrong all year, is pounding the table. We're going back to 5,000. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of people who are, the pom-poms have gone up. Victory has been declared. Um, to me, the 2008 analog fits, you know, a lot of the uh, particulars are different. But this complacency, this and it is extreme complacency. It really is. This high single-digit inflation, and of course we all know that the real inflation number is probably well into double digits. This stuff is only just beginning to damage the economy. These rate hikes are only just beginning to kick in. This is going to be a very... I don't want to say scary, but it's going to be, I think, a very headache-inducing next couple of quarters for the market, especially for these permeable types who are now, you know, talking all kinds of smack and, and pounding the table that the bottom is in. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we are we are looking at an autumn here, I think, where a lot more chickens are going to come home to roost. The economy is going to get worse. There will start to be discussion of a more protracted recession that lasts perhaps even, you know, three or four quarters. Um, and I think inflation is going to remain stubbornly high. Like, is the peak in? Yeah, probably. But what difference does it make? Again, for the, for the, hundred, the hundredth time, <laughs> the second derivative of inflation means nothing. We all knew that the peak was coming this year. It's all about the third derivative, all about the rate of change of the rate of change, all about how quickly does inflation come down. And when you look... You know, now you've got commodities going bid again. Not, not crazy, but I think they're going to keep rising. I really do. And, and, and you're beginning to see some signs. I'm not sure that the dollar has topped out against the euro just because the euro is such a mess. But I think it may be topping out against a bunch of other fiat currencies. And you just look at the dollar index. You can't even imagine where some of these commodity prices might be if the dollar had been weak and getting pummeled the whole time. So... If we're near peak dollar here, and again, forget about forget about the euro. The euro is a special situation. The dollar index is 55% made up of the euro. You know, use your own dollar index. You know, throw gold, silver, commodity prices in there. You know, uh, throw a, a wider array of fiat currencies. I think we're going to see that the dollar probably is close to uh, close to a peak here against everything but maybe the euro and the pound. Although even the pound uh, has room to run higher. Anyway, if that's the case, if the dollar, if we've seen the best of the dollar strength, that's another thing that's going to support commodities going forward. So three months from now, imagine that we see significantly slower growth, estimates coming down for earnings for 2023, 2024, inflation stubbornly high, a truly stagflationary situation, which is exactly what I think we're going to see. The stock market is not going to like that. All right. I th now, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a fait accompli, that we're going to retest the lows. Okay. This market has proven to be more resilient this year and more orderly than I ever would have expected. Given the fact that the Fed truly is trapped, I would have thought, I would have thought it would have been a bit more violent to the downside. I think that violence probably has just been kicked down the road a little bit further. I think we are going to have some scary waterfall days or weeks. I think there's going to be some panic. I think we will see the VIX get above 40 at some point. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that it hasn't even gotten above 40 still? 
uh, the Vivix Valval will wake up one of these days <laughs> out of this uh, this Sleeping Beauty uh, coma that it's been in. Uh, yeah, we are going to see, uh, I think all these things happen. I, I do think that we will see it at a minimum 3,400 tested on the S&P. I think there's a very good chance we could see 3,000 the figure tested. Uh, that's not, uh, you know, my base case. My base case is 3,400. Uh, but, you know, base cases can be a fluid thing. Um, I think, I, you know, I know people are happy about what Powell said yesterday because it got stocks going to the upside. Everyone loves a rally. You know, all these... Retail types who have been buying the dip all the way down are finally making some money back. I understand all of that. You know, retirees who don't pay much attention, they've been seeing their account balances fall all year, they're sighing with relief too. Um, but what Powell, by deciding to basically say, I think I've done enough at this point, I don't want to do too much more, I don't want to scare anybody, I don't want to scare risk assets, I don't want to upset Wall Street. Uh, some of it may have to do with the fact that the midterms are approaching. I don't know. I think he really is betraying. He's certainly betraying the American public. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, it's going to keep inflation higher for longer. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. Which very much undermines the whole, we're past the worst for... I mean, we may be past the worst for inflation. But again, what if we end up with... 7% inflation in Q4, Q3 and Q4. I mean, are, are people going to cheer that because it's not 9%? <laughs> what if we end up with 5 or 6% in 2023? I mean, sticky inflation is really still just still accelerating. And again, you know, if the dollar is topping out, if commodities are finding their second win, they're still very much in an uptrend. We've had a, a very, very solid, strong correction. I think they're turning back up. I don't think anyone is modeling 5 or 6% inflation for 2023. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but whatever it is, it's going to, at the very least, it's going to be at least double what the Fed's so-called, you know, 2% inflation target, which is a joke. I think we're probably going to get between 4 and 6% CPI inflation over the next two years. And I don't think people are prepared for that by any stretch of the imagination. I certainly don't think the sell side is prepared for it. You know, we've talked many times about how they're foot draggers, how they hate to, you know, they had to downgrade, they hate to lower their estimates, pisses the buy side off. Uh, well, the, the long only types, you know, it's just, you know, we've got, I've talked many times about what a joke the sell side is. <laughs> Doesn't mean that there aren't some really good analysts, there are, but just the game, the way the sell side is run, you know, it's just, it's just such a joke. Yet, most market participants end up pricing stocks off of consensus estimates. So the consensus estimates that are put out there by Wall Street, the foot dragging that goes on, it's like reverse sandbagging. Stocks, some stocks are starting to look cheap. But I'm not sure they really are because I think the estimates for out years are way too high still. You know, and it, higher for longer inflation would certainly play a significant role in, you know, I mean, I, I really genuinely think we could see a 15 to 20% drop in 2024 earnings estimates within the next three or four quarters. I really do. Um, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of buy side types are aware of that. Um, 
there's no question that there are a bunch of good stocks that have been on sale. Um, we may have seen the bottom for certain stocks. I don't think we've seen the bottom yet for the NASDAQ or the S&P. Um, but we can go over the uh, you know, specifics next time. But um, in terms of which sectors may have bottomed out um, and which may not have. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to continue to see stocks on sale for a while. Now, let's talk for a moment about, you know, we have a rally going here. How high can the rally go? Uh, I tweeted out some resistance levels today. 4087 is the first big resistance level. That's the 38.2% uh, Fibonacci retracement of the entire decline from January to June. Uh, that's an important level. About 40 points higher, we have the 100-day and 100-week moving averages. Uh, those are both very important numbers. Uh, my guess is that, that's my guess is we're probably going to top out somewhere between 4,100 and 4,200. There certainly is a scenario, one thing I wanted to touch base on earlier and I forgot to, you know, I think most people understand that, yes, there's this narrative going on out there that the worst is, everyone understands, the recession is priced in, everyone understands it, you know, stocks have bottomed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, I think especially in the middle of the summer, the very illiquid summer months where liquidity has been poor all year, now it's going to be exacerbated even more by, uh, you know, people going on vacation, et cetera, et cetera, just thin summer liquidity. We have a bit of a positioning vacuum. We have uh, sentiment. The sentiment measures that I watch most closely, and I would say these are like more like medium-term sentiment indicators. The big one is the, the B of A bull bear indicator, which was literally at zero. You know, sentiment is still negative enough, and I think in reality it's probably more getting closer to neutral here, but it's still, uh, at least by some measures, negative enough. Positioning is still light enough that we're running the risk here of, uh, you know, not a short squeeze, but an underinvestment squeeze, where you know, P institutional PMs who have been un are underweight, a lot of them have probably sat here and watched this 400-point rally unfold without adding exposure. Are they going to get sucked into the point where they have to chase and chase big? That's the real big bull case right now. I mean, if that happens in earnest, we really get like a, a you know, this, this positioning vacuum sucks in more and more buyers in size. 4,300 to 4,400 is probably possible. Again, you know, that's not my base case by any means. We saw today some strong selling activity at around 4040. The sellers are out there. You know, look at a, look at a long-term chart of equity fund inflows. Like those things have barely begun to reverse themselves. So don't, you know, I, I know positioning is light in more of a near, near term basis. All right. The world still is long the heck out of U.S. stocks, make no mistake about it. Right. So there is plenty of, of outflow potential as well. But in the near term, I think you're, you're getting uh, institutional players that, again, have probably missed some of this rally are maybe starting to panic a little bit. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, like, you know, you've got uh, you know, a lot of hedge funds 
hedge fund uh, hedge fund redemptions I think occur in, in roughly November. You've got a lot of hedge funds that are trailing badly this year, um, and they're staring at a bunch of redemptions. I mean, if you're you know if you're down 25, 30 percent this year. I mean, even you know, even if you're roughly matching the market, like you're going to get redemptions because there are guys out there that are doing a lot better. <laughs> They're going to get the money you're managing. So if you're trailing or having a poor year as a hedge fund manager, like you need to do something. Like this is kind of like you're coming down your home stretch here. You know, you got to do something to try to catch up. Yes, you can play the short side. Uh, obviously, there's ways to play the short side with big leverage too. Uh, but just given the numbers and the way that bulls always outnumber the bears and the fact that a lot of stocks that were beloved widely not that long ago have gotten trashed it seems most likely to me that these hedge fund type players they're going to try to make it up being long stocks uh, and these guys collectively have massive amounts of money to push around so, you know, again, you're looking at three or four months here before those redemptions might occur. Let's just say you're down 30% this year. You're like, I got to get to flat. How are you going to do it? In all likelihood, you're going to go bet on, bet on things going up, right? I mean, who knows? If we have a big rally, maybe you flip and go short again. But I think there's a lot of desperate hedgies out there that are staring. I mean, some of them probably are facing the possibility of going out of business. At the very least, they're facing the possibility of major redemptions, which is, you know, obviously not good. That's your lifeblood, right? So that's just, that's the other, the other kind of thought process that I have where this rally could have legs because of stuff like this. It's not because of fundamentals. The fundamentals stink and they're going to get worse and worse and worse. We are in a massive mess. Inflation is going to continue to be a problem for a long time. But in the, in the near term, whether it's the next three weeks or even the next three months, these flow and positioning things can really take over and dominate. And, and that's the risk right now for the Bears. And I don't really think that we've seen too much chasing yet. We start breaking above 41.20, 41.30, I think you're going to see it accelerate. And ultimately, it's probably going to come back down as fast as it went up. But in my view, just given, you know, given the backdrop, uh, given the fact that, yes, like, I think it, it is well understood that we are in a recession. Um, it is well understood that earnings, uh, you know, haven't been great and probably are going to continue to not be great. And we'll see what Apple says later, Apple and Amazon. But yeah, a lot of that's understood and people are willing to look past it and say, hey, if this is peak inflation and this is peak Fed, you know, things could really get better. If we get away with a shallow recession, they start valuing stocks off of 2024 estimates. That's that's pretty much what happened in early 2020. April, May 2020, people were looking out to 2023 to value stocks, you know, and, and it worked. It worked phenomenally well. Uh, they're just going to skip over the next 12 to 18 months and look further into the future. Um, yeah, that's that, this light positioning, you know, uh, lingering negative sentiment. These are the things that as a bear, uh, as a short player, you need to really be wary of. Um, and my sense is that we still have a little bit of a ways to go on that front. Um, I reserve the right to change my mind at any moment. I always obey the price action. It is the final arbiter, ultimately. 
But for the moment, I think the, the potential here, I, and again, we'll see what happens. Apple, the importance of Apple's results can't be overstated. I mean, Apple is the market in a lot of ways. I mean, if they come out and puke, all bets are off. Uh, I don't think they're going to blow the doors off or puke. I think it's going to be like, you know, I mean, like something like Microsoft or Google, maybe a little soft. Uh, that stock has held up a lot better than the other uh, mega cap tech names. So maybe if they do have a soft quarter, the, the stock will get hit a little bit, and that'll certainly uh, put, a, put some brakes on the S&P rally. We'll see. But for the time being, you know, again, with these, you've got light positioning, negative sentiment, people chasing, hedgies panicking about performance and ready to chase performance, all against the backdrop of crappy liquidity all year that's now going to get worse uh, during the summer months. It, it's potentially a very powerful cocktail. Um, so that's where we stand right now. Um, you know, we are long. We'll stay long for now. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how the earnings come out today. Uh, we will talk to you again later in the week.